Hey, tennis fans, and welcome to another edition of Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. And thank you to Hotel X, the official podcast of Matchpoint Canada, for our day two episode on the grounds of the National Bank Open presented by Rogers. And Mike, we're already through Manic Monday, we can call it. A lot happening. And uh, Bianca Andrescu set to come. That was Manic Monday in, in every sense of it, because here we are nearing midnight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The end of play hasn't even come close as we're recording this. And uh, rain didn't even play that. I mean, there was elements of rain today and moments where it caused disruptions, but mm-hmm. not as bad as I think what they saw in Montreal, but just matches that went super long. Three set matches, uh, lots of deuces back and forth, and that's also contributed. So quality matches, I guess, from a fan's perspective, yep. I think they got their, their money's uh, worth today for sure. Yeah, yeah. We definitely had some some epic thrillers, and, and we'll get to all that action. But uh, I think uh, our big story, of course, for this podcast, just having another opportunity to chat with one of our favorite guests, Bianca Andrescu, who I must say, before we get to the interview, was in a wonderful mood, super bubbly, and was an absolute delight. It, it felt like being reunited with an old... Um, you know, an old friend or family member or something like that on yeah. some level, just because we have built up this great rapport with her over over that time. Even she mentioned like, hey, how long have we been talking together? It seems like it's been a long time, but in a good way. And what impressed me most about Bianca in this upcoming interview we're going to share with you is the fact that this was at the tail end of her doing a couple hours of press between a lot. TV, radio, uh, tournament um, press. She talked to you already in mm-hmm. another capacity for work you're doing for Tennis Canada. And then she came into us, and you would have understood if she had been a little bit you know, lethargic or feeling a little bit you know, not her usual chipper self. And she absolutely, it felt like we were the first interview she had all day long. Yeah. Yeah. The energy was so, so high. Uh, I, I would have forgiven her if she said, I, I can't absolutely. manage the podcast today. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, she, she gave us plenty of time, great insight, great answers. So how about without further ado, here is our conversation with the Canadian Bianca Andrescu. You are listening to Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. So happy to welcome Bianca Andrescu back to the show. Uh, firstly, how are you and how does it feel to be back in your home city, we can call it, Toronto? Yeah, I know. I grew up on these courts and being back here for the first time in a long time was great. I felt only positive emotions and um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited. It's been three years, so I'm very pumped. We're really happy to have you back on the podcast. You were one of our original guests from back in the day. I, know. <laughs> I can say we had Bianca before she was a famous children's <laughs> author, right? Um, know. How long ago was that? Oh, it's been years. Like I mean, tw- I remember 2019, 2018, 2019. No, I, oh, before yeah, yeah. that, even, before even that. Yeah. And I remember speaking awesome. to you for the first time after like the Orange Bowl, like back yeah. when you were what, like 15 or 16. 15 so, or 16. Yeah, a few things have happened We've since, come a long way. since then. Um, I got to ask you to start because our listeners are going to want to know ahead of your debut here uh, this year at the National Bank Open. How are you doing physically? Because we hated what we saw last week, obviously, on the courts with the back. Um, can you take us through what's happened since then and, and how you're feeling at this point? Yeah, that match definitely was not my brightest moment uh, physically. I definitely felt my back, but I took a few days off. I consulted with my doctor, and he says everything will be okay. So I'm just super excited to have that news and to know that I'll be competing on Tuesday. Happy to hear that. Yes, I'm s- I was pretty nervous, but <laughs> thank God everything's good. Yeah, no, that, that's, <laughs> that's great. Um, 
I've noticed you've talked a lot since your return actually to tennis about sort of being very oriented about present moment, staying in the yes. present moment. However, I, however, I have to ask when you come back to a site where you have memories of a title um, winning here in 2019, do, do you draw on those memories as well? Definitely. Um, I mean, I've been getting a lot of um, pictures sent to me of me holding that trophy from some of my friends and they're like, let's do a repeat in 2022. And just seeing that and having um, all that support and motivation will definitely help me do well I believe I mean last year I felt like I was a little bit in a different mindset but now I'm just locked and loaded and committed and just happy it's it's been a while since I felt happy but I'm I'm very I'm very happy actually and it's it's so awesome for me to say um it's been a long road but yeah we're all good Speaking of that, that, speaking of that happiness um, and just being in a, in a great place coming in mentally to the tournament, you've been such an advocate for mental health. You've been so open about your own struggles. And that's, I think, been so helpful to so many people, whether they're tennis players or just regular folks as well, that hear that it's yeah. okay to talk about that sort of thing. The tournament is doing the mental timeout. How validating is it for you to have Tennis Canada and the tournament launch an initiative like that in a year when you've been so open about your own struggles in that regard? For sure. I think it's incredible timing um, and for it to be announced right before, you know, the hard court swing here in Toronto. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like everything happens for a reason or it's meant to be um, in a way. And being the first um, to, you know, have the opportunity to say that I am an ambassador for something like this for me is incredible because I've had a goal to be a part of something like this. And I'm just super excited to see how it all turns out because there are definitely some great minds a part of it. And um, yeah, having Tennis Canada be kind of one of the first to, you know, start this on tour um, is really great. And hopefully more people can have an example for that. Right on. Yeah, great ambassador off the court. Have to talk a little bit about your on-court tennis and, and just how you're feeling. If we look uh, a little bit at the draw, Daria Kasakina, first round. I don't know if you remember, you actually played her three years ago in Toronto. That was a tough match. Just uh, what yeah. are your thoughts, I guess, on that matchup and just how you've been feeling uh, with your game? Yeah, I remember that match. I think I was like down 5-2 um, in the third set and I came back and I won that. Um, so, I mean, I played her again on grass court earlier this year, so I know that it's not going to be an easy match. She's a fighter and, um, she has a tricky game style. So I just, I gotta bring my A game and hopefully, you know, the crowd will have my back and there'll be some great moments, um, on court for the fans. Something tells me that's not something you're going to have to worry about the crowd being on your side. It's going <laughs> to get real not. loud in here really quick <laughs> when you get back out there. Are you the kind of player that looks ahead in the draw or do you just look at, oh, I'm playing Kasekina round one and we'll leave it at that? Yeah, that's usually how I am. I don't really like to look um, forward to, you know, my potential draw. Um, but yeah, even like for my first round, I, I kind of only like to know maybe the day before. But with something like this, I, I knew a couple days before that. Um, but it's it's all good. And I'm just I'm very excited to, you know, see how it goes. 
So Mike and I were undecided on this, but I, I think we're, we're oh, going to give we go. it a try. I know what's coming um, here. These are rapid fire questions just to finish. Um, we'll, <laughs> Tell me. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll start nice and easy. Are you a morning or a night person? I used to be a night person, but now I'm a morning person, surprisingly. I wake up at like 6.30 every morning now. What's your favorite spot to land an ace? Up the tee or out wide? Off the tee. Yeah, I agree with that one. Um, I don't hit aces, so I can't agree <laughs> with either. <laughs> I mean, even for me, it's a rare occasion, but definitely <laughs> down the tee. <laughs> nice. Uh, would you be having coffee or tea or something else in the morning? Usually coffee. Who's the player you'd most like to face that you haven't yet in your professional career? I would say Coco Goff right now. I know she's on fire and having the chance to play her, I think, would be really cool. We'd love to see that one. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if you could have any superpower in the world, what would that be, do you think? Um, oh, boy. Can I have the superpower of always wanting to be happy? Or always being able to be happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be a good one. <laughs> that would be a superpower. Um, the upcoming Netflix show, which is going to bring so much exposure to tennis. Who's one player that you would love to watch on that show for entertainment value only? Um, entertain. Oh, probably Nick Kyrgios. I feel like a lot of people would probably agree mm, with yeah, that one. Nick Kyrgios for yep. sure. And I think he is coming out with a documentary um, for Wimbledon. Okay. That would be yeah. really nice to see. <laughs> I heard about that one like a couple of days ago. And uh, who's a person uh, who inspires you? A lot of people. Oh, um, I'm going to go with my mom for this one. She's nice. like, yeah, she's my biggest inspiration. Well, we'll end there. I want to say one thing about your mom, actually. Big props to uh, your mom who sent us a bunch of your book, BB's Got Game, yeah. to give out to our listeners over the last few weeks. And uh, I did snag and keep one for myself <laughs> that I've read to my three little kids. And I got to thank you because bedtime can sometimes be a disaster in the, <laughs> the McIntyre household. And they're doing like the one, two, three, four, breathe in, breathe That's out. That's so awesome. And, uh, and reflecting on that one thing that they're like thankful for. Yeah. And so uh, job well done. Did thank you so much. I'm so glad they like it. And I've had great feedback from it. And even, I don't know if you took anything out of the book as well but I've been hearing from like even 40 year olds 50 year olds 60 year olds that they've actually gained some some knowledge from it and just hearing that makes my heart so full so thank you for sharing I try the breathing <laughs> when my kids stress me out so there you go <laughs> I hope it works <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing uh, Bianca thanks so much uh, for taking mm -hmm. the time as always for the podcast listeners I, I know we'll be thrilled to hear from you again yes. so thank you no problem my pleasure have a great summer and good luck in the draw thank you very much there you have it, our chat with Bianca Andrescu. Definitely the first time we've uh, done the rapid fire with her. I think so. And uh, a couple of things. First of all, you and I have not done that many interviews, I feel like, together lately. So yeah. this was like a rare one where we were both in on it. Mm -hmm. Also rare that we're here in the same place. Even right now that we're recording, this feels a little bit strange because <laughs> I'm so used to doing these podcasts uh, via Zoom with you. Mm -hmm. um, so this is kind of fun as well. And it was great to have Bianca there. We got some great pictures from the interview as well. Thanks to our wonderful photographer this week, Nina Channon. So shout out to Nina and a lot of the great pictures you're going to be seeing from us on our social media channels this week at Matchpoint Canada on Instagram at Matchpoint Can on Twitter, or courtesy of Nina. And uh, it just, yeah, everything about it was, uh, it was a smooth interview. 
I got to say, I think we did a good job, but it's easy when you've got someone answering the questions who's as engaging as Bianca was. Yeah, she made our job really easy. And uh, her openness to talk about mental health is so great. Like she's obviously the ambassador of this initiative from Tennis Canada called Mental Time Out. And I thought it was cool when uh, she she threw me a curveball with that answer on what would your superpower be? And, uh, you know, be happy all the time. Happy all the time. Yeah, I'd love that too. And uh I think it's great to see athletes who are breaking down the barriers, the stigma to being able to talk about not always feeling okay. Yeah. And, and that's changed because remember when Naomi Osaka uh, had to walk away basically from the French open a couple of years ago because um, the, the anxiety she was having from doing the press and the way that that was received, it was very negative. And I feel like uh, now look at how things are starting to change. And that's because of athletes like Osaka and Bianca Andrescu, who's also an ambassador for this mental timeout uh, initiative that Tennis Canada has launched. And if you see athletes and people in positions of, you know, celebrity or uh, whatever you want to call it, who are talking about this openly, well, like regular people like you and me might feel more comfortable talking about it. The kids who, you know, look up to these athletes are also going to say, oh, like they're not, you know, these superhuman Uh, cyborgs with no feelings and Mm. it's okay to have these feelings and to share them and to know it's okay to talk about them so that you can you know see improvements and uh, and move past it in a in a positive way yeah yeah very well said you're listening to matchpoint canada the official podcast of tennis canada we're on to day two at the national bank open just a look back on the action from day one I, I think the top storyline for me, of course, return of Serena Williams and winning her first match of the 2022 season, which is crazy to say, but it was actually only her second singles match and a tough test, but came through Nuria Parizas Diaz 6-3, And I must say, I, I thought she looked really good. I thought she looked a lot better than she did at Wimbledon. Yeah, I've I seen agree. Some people on social media, well, there's always people that are going to be critical, but to me, Wimbledon seemed like she had a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And what I saw today, there's still a way to go for sure, but definitely strides and improvements there. Um, footwork better, uh, choosing when to go for shots and when not to expend that energy, which I think we kind of spoke about you and me earlier before recording. Yep. And uh, the forehand was looking pretty good. And she seemed more comfortable out there and closed it in two sets. There was a moment in that second set, there was a game, I forget the scoring games, where there were multiple deuces. It seemed to stretch on forever. And she held on to get that game. And then you could tell in her eyes that she sensed, hey, this is it. And that killer instinct that we used to see from Serena all the time, Mm -hmm. but haven't in so long because she's been out with injuries, came back and she closed it out. And uh, yeah, first win since Roland Garros 2021 since hard, first hard court match and win since Aussie Open 2021. Wow. And I almost said it in press today, but I didn't. Uh, first win of her 40s. <laughs> I wonder how she would have reacted to that because she, she was honestly in a great mood in press too. And she actually enjoyed the win with her daughter, Olympia, which was pretty cool. That was oh, so sweet to y- see. Yeah, yeah. We kind of saw it outside the locker room, them having a moment. Yeah, the long deuce game at 3-4 in that second set. That felt like the key turning point where Serena somehow held on took that game, crucial hold of serve, and and then uh, took over the match from there, gets the win. Uh, And I think, sorry, I think that her upbeat mood in that press conference was really telling too. Like she was in such a positive state of mind throughout engaging with the press, giving some great answers. 
I asked her about, uh, you know, how was it that both you and Venus ended up at this tournament together? Like, do you guys talk about that or make that decision? And she said, no, we don't really talk about tennis much, but isn't it cool that she's here? She's Venus Williams. And I, I thought that. that was just so neat how she talked to her sister in that kind of way. And uh, who knows what happens next? We don't know who her next opponent will be. It'll be the winner between, between Trevisan and Benchich. Assuming it's going to be... Um, or uh, Martinchiba. Sorry, Martinchiba. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Uh, Did I mentioned it's almost midnight. <laughs> midnight. Uh, and Benchich. Yes. And I think we're all expecting it's going to be Benchich who won the event here in 2015. That's going to be a heck of a second round encounter. I, I would love to see that encounter. Uh, Benchich, of course, won the gold medal last year. Very impressive in Tokyo. She has a title this season in Charleston. I think she's playing pretty well. And we'll have some good memories from... Uh, from Canada from seven years ago. Some other results, uh, Simona Halep. I said back at Wimbledon, I thought she was playing great tennis when she made the semifinals. Boy, did she get off to a strong start here in Toronto. Just blitzed past Donna Vekic, only dropping two games. That was 61 minutes. So she's very comfortably into the second round. She looks like kind of the, the two-time slam champion, Simona Halep. She was not messing around, and Halep has had so much success in Canada, winning twice in Montreal, 2016 and 2018, making the finals here in Toronto where she had to withdraw because of, I think, the effects of the heat that year, but very comfortable in both Canadian cities. Uh, and, and a 6-love, six 6-2 six scoreline against Donna Vekic, who had played some qualifying matches already, yeah. so coming in with some momentum. That, to me, is just an absolutely outstanding result. And, and Halep hardly dropped any points in that first set that I was watching. And in practice, I think I mentioned in our day one episode, in practice, she was looking just dialed in as well. I spoke to her today for our podcast, mm -hmm. which we'll share at some point. And the only thing I'm going to share from that is she says the fire is back. Her passion is back in the game. And we're clearly seeing that with, with how things look today. Yeah, and uh, maybe give some credit, too, to the, the big-time coaching hire with uh, Murata Glue joining her camp. I, I think that's helped a lot. Uh, Elena Rybakina, Wimbledon champion. That was, to me, a very intriguing first-round match against uh, Marie Boskova, who plays amazing tennis in Toronto and came through qualifying, playing really well. Rybakina coming through in three sets. I'm impressed. We, we haven't had, like, that post-slam hangover. I thought she played really, really well today. Well, we got to give it a few more rounds and see uh, yeah. you know, what happens next <laughs> year. But uh, that was a tough one for sure, as Boskova has been playing great all summer. Yep. We spoke to her and had her on the podcast, our first episode this week. And uh, I put this one at almost a 50-50 split, and that's how it kind of played out until that, that third set kind of went Rybakina's way. Uh, another interesting match for me on day one, uh, just to sort of recap, is the All-American match between Sloane Stevens and uh, Sophia Cannon, two former Grand Slam champions, two players that I'm sure by their own admission would say not playing at their peak levels or anywhere close to it at the moment. One of them was going to end up coming through, but for a while there it almost seemed like neither one wanted it <laughs> as uh, Stevens was up uh, quite heavily in that second set before Kennan came storming back to force the third. Yeah, 6-2-5-1 lead uh, for Sloane Stevens at one point in this match. It, it looked like she was about to coast to victory, had a few match points there to close it out 6-2-6-2. And then uh, Sophia Kennan, who won the Australian Open a bit over two years ago, uh, we, we started seeing her show a bit of form, a bit of what she's capable of when she made uh, that slam run and uh, forced a, a third set. But Sloane coming through with the victory, uh, she's played some some good tennis in Canada in the past, making a final. So uh, good for her to get to the second round. I'm sure she would have preferred something a little more straightforward the way she was playing, you know, the, the first hour of that match. Um, but but she's coming through. Also, 
Canadian Leila Annie Fernandez late into the night. Her first match back since French Open. A tough one, but she defeated Storm Sanders. A 6-4-6-7-6-3 match finishing just past uh, 11-20. Well, it's funny how we're both on our laptops here and yours must be ahead of mine because mine didn't show that the match was finished yet. <laughs> I was going to stall a little bit longer, but here you are breaking that I'm news on it. to me. So that's fantastic. And... Uh, I think understandable that it went to three sets. I think we could have sat here if Layla hadn't won and said also understandable given the amount of time that she's missed. She's been going so hard in practice. Uh, The night before her match, she was the last player on the grounds. This morning when I got here at 8.30 in the morning, she was out there stretching and getting ready for a hit. Wow. And this was not like a leisurely hit. She was going at full tilt out there and uh, and being pushed pretty hard to, uh, I guess, replicate the kind of points that she knew she would end up playing in this first match back. It's not like anyone's going to take it easy on you no. because suddenly, oh, your foot or who knows if it's 100% <laughs> and let's your home tournament. It's not going to work out that way. So, in fact, a player, if they sense any weakness, is going to pounce on that for sure and take advantage. So I think that's good for her to get that first one uh, out of the way. Now, she is supposed to be playing in doubles Tuesday with her sister, Bianca Jolie-Fernandez. Um, I wonder how that's going to play out depending on how she wakes up and feels. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't want to push myself so hard after having an injury like that. That wasn't just uh, you know a little flesh wound, right? That was something that was quite substantial. So uh, we'll see what happens. But maybe she'll go out and give it a, a try with her sister. Big moment for Bianca Jolie. Let's uh, let's talk about that. Maybe if it does end up happening. Yeah, just to, to have the opportunity uh, to to play the main draw of this tournament, even if it is in doubles, I think would be great for her and her young career. Uh, I thought she looked really good in qualifying. She lost to a fellow Canadian in Marina Stokoschik in qualifying. But Bianca Jolie, you can see some elements of her game that are similar to her sister Layla. The competitive spirit, uh, taking the ball very early, kind of on top of the baseline. Their backhands look very similar as well. So uh, you can see they have the same coach in Jorge. That's right. And that, that mentality, that that family mentality to uh, to fight till the last point. Yeah. Not quite as much power, obviously, yet as uh, Layla Annie. Right. But, you know, another thing that works uh, for Bianca's favor here is that uh, while she hasn't played many you know matches against players of this caliber she hits with Layla Annie all the time right I mean imagine your practice partner being a top 15 player on the WTA what better learning experience can you have from that and I've seen many of the practice points this week very competitive Mm. and uh, they're they're both into they both want to win they both want to beat each other despite obviously having such a tight bond and being so close yeah ridiculously competitive family Uh, a few other results uh, of note Catherine Sebov I thought she played uh, a nice match this evening. She got the wild card. She really pushed uh, Putin Seva, but Yulia Putin Seva advancing 3 6 6 2 7 5. She's off to the second round. Uh, Madison Keys with an early exit to Asia Mohammed. Elena Ostapenko advancing. And Karolina Pliskova taking on French Open champion uh, from last year, Barbara Krajcikova. Pliskova moving on 6 3 6 4. And we've got some excellent matches coming up on Tuesday. Uh, headlining play on center court is going to be Canadian Rebecca Marino. What a wonderful story. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a good crowd in attendance on Tuesday to watch her play, her opener. Coco Goff is going to be making her uh, tournament debut against uh, Madison Bringle. 
uh, last year's champion in Montreal. So I guess you'd call her the defending champion, yes. even though it was in a different city. Yep. Uh, Camila Georgi is going up against Emma Raducanu in the first round. Uh, Raducanu, who's born in Toronto, and I think a lot of people are starting to pick up on that fact in terms of the crowd support that she's been receiving. Naomi Osaka gets her start. Amanda Nisimova, who's been playing terrific, is out there against Canadian Carol Zhao. And then, as we mentioned earlier in the night session, you're not going to want to miss this one. Bianca Andrescu, our guest today on the podcast against Daria Kasakina. So that is the one that I and I think pretty much everybody in Toronto is most circled on their order of play for Tuesday. Yeah, and that'll headline, as you said, the night session. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to watch Raducanu Georgie, I have to say. I think that's a fascinating matchup. Georgie, as you said, won Montreal last year. I think that was the biggest title of her career. And then Raducanu, um, she plays great tennis. We want to see it on a more consistent basis. I think she's getting there, and she should have a lot of crowd support. And uh, maybe tomorrow we'll get to wrap up before midnight even. Uh, you know, and, <laughs> that, would, that would be that. nice. The rain affected things a lot. That's it. But uh, hey, look, keep checking back with us at Matchpoint Canada all week long. we got some fantastic guests coming up with both Ben and I. Uh, our thanks again go to Hotel X, the official hotel this week of Matchpoint Canada. Uh, thank you for listening. We are the official podcast of Tennis Canada, and we will talk to you tomorrow.